how he mentally handled all the injuries that he experienced throughout his five years in the NFL, the thing that kept him motivated when he felt like his dreams were slipping away, how to build trust with yourself and with others, the most important lesson that his mom taught him growing up, how each and every single one of you listening has the ability to impact thousands upon thousands of people and more, his take on excuses and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 465 with former NFL wide receiver and motivational speaker, Roy Hall Jr. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Best You Podcast with me, your host, Nick Carrier. At Best You, we exist to help individuals who are hungry for growth get closer to the best version of themselves so that they can live meaningful and impactful lives. If you're serious about wanting to change the way that you look, change the way that you feel, and be more motivated and confident, then go to nickcarrier.com slash free call. And for a limited time only, you can request a one-on-one free strategy call with me. We'll hop on a call. We'll talk about what your dreams are, what your goals are, how you want to look, how you want to feel, what's currently holding you back, and we'll develop a plan for how you can completely change your life in the direction that you want to. If you're interested, then go to nickcarrier.com slash free call. Y'all, today you are going to want to run through a brick wall after listening to Roy Hall Jr. Roy is a former wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts and Detroit Lions. Hall played a four-year stint in the NFL after graduating in 2006 from Ohio State University. And after multiple injuries ended his NFL career, he turned into public service and motivational speaking where he focuses on using lessons that he learned during his football career to uplift and energize teams and employees in a corporate setting. Let's go ahead and dive in. Without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Roy Hall Jr. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. Today, I am super fired up to be joined by the one and only Roy Hall Jr. Roy, just want to start off by saying thanks so much for joining me today, man. I'm excited to be here. Appreciate you having me on, Nick. It's awesome, man. Yeah, man, of course, of course. Well, I just had told you, and and when I first reached out to you, I told you one of my best friends listened to you uh, speak to their company at, at one of their conferences, and he immediately texted me afterwards, and he's like, dude, you have to have this guy on the podcast. He's amazing. He fired us all up, and so I'm really excited to uh, help you get everybody else fired up as well. But to give a brief little background on you, uh, you played in the NFL for a handful of years, and in 2007, your rookie season with the Colts, you had a third-degree shoulder separation, which ended your season, and then in 2008, you had a knee scope, which had some complications, and it kept you out about 12 games. And then in 2009, you underwent microfracture surgery, which allowed, or which forced you to kind of miss the entire season. And then the next year, you were released by the team after tearing muscles in your hip. And so it's just kind of a whirlwind of injuries and maybe ups and downs. It sounds like a lot of downs. Um, so I kind of want to just start off by hearing where your headspace was during that time, because I think a lot of people can relate in, in a certain sense, you know, you have this career and you're facing all of these challenges with it. And you're thinking like, man, how long am I going to be able to maybe even do this? What, what's next for me? Like, should I keep going or should I stop now? So give me a little bit of where your headspace was when you were going through all of these injuries and these setbacks. Yeah, I, that's a really good question. I, I would be lying if I told you, oh, I was just, you know, knew I was going to get after it and it's, it's going to be awesome and I could bounce back. Like, 
no one really knows who they are until they face adversity, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't even know who you really are until you have to adjust or adapt or figure out um, how to get out of a situation that you wouldn't uh, have wanted for yourself. And it's very difficult to do it specifically uh, when you're at the highest of high level, when you know that the person behind you, uh, the person backing you up or the person that's uh, in the same room as you, you're all fighting for playing time and fighting for position. So time loss on the practice field is opportunities gained by somebody else. And so you kind of have to figure out how do I pick myself up and go from there. It was very, very challenging, you know, to to work through college and pretty much be injury free and to make it to the level that you want to make it to. And your first year, you have to miss, you know, three quarters of the season because of a shoulder injury and then come back and another injury and another and another you know, after a while, you're like, how how often and how much more do I want to do this to where I can see if I can come back? Um, but then sometimes you realize, like, these injuries aren't happening necessarily because you're a bad person or because you shouldn't be here. Uh, but I think for the journey that was ahead of me, I needed to know that I could endure some tough times and be able to communicate how to get up out of a tough time and push people and motivate people to do it. Uh, what I relied on most of it, most of the time, Nick, was just why was I doing what I was doing? Like who, like, and not even so much why, who was I doing it for? Mm-hmm. And at the time I was a young father, so I knew I wanted to set something up and do something for my kids. But then I also knew that I was carrying the weight of my community on my back. I wanted to show people that people from South Euclid, Ohio, from Brush High School could make it at a high level and compete and do really well. Uh, and then you start thinking about all the times that you saw someone close to you uh, make it through. And my mom comes to mind for me and growing up being raised by a single mom, being raised in the household where my dad has some substance abuse issues with heroin and and, and having to figure out where we were going to live, how my mom was going to keep the roof over our heads, uh, being able to commute to and work without cars. We didn't have a car you know, getting bullied and picked on because my clothes didn't fit at certain times in my life because I was growing at a rapid rate, but my mom couldn't afford to take care of me. Uh, Watching her sacrifice, watching these people in my life, coaches come along to encourage me. And then to be finding yourself in the spot where you're in a hole. Now all of a sudden, Nick, it's like, I got people who pushed me to get here. They've kind of inserted and infused some things into my character and my spirit. And now is the time to really like show what you're really made of. It's not when things are going well, it's when things aren't going well, when you find out what you're really made of. And so I really made it a point to keep fighting and keep pushing. And even if I wasn't going to stick around in the NFL, uh, I knew I was going to put myself put myself in a position to at least be leaving the NFL, walking on my own two feet and not crawling and begging, trying to scratch to stay. Damn. That's all, man. That's all. So many good things in there. You know, one of the things that you said was no one knows who they are until they face adversity. And I want to dive a little bit deeper in that in a mo- in a second. And I also want to dive a little bit deeper in some of your in your background. But one of the things that you said that I relate to a lot is don't just know why you're doing it, but who are you doing it for? I have a I'm a fitness trainer and I have a 10 week transformation goal setting program for everybody. And their first step is always figuring out what their why is. And I always part of their why when they're coming up with a sentence with a few sentences for it is like, who are you doing it for? Who, because obviously you want to improve yourself so you can build your own confidence and look better and such, but who are you looking to impact in a positive manner through that? And I really think that when you have those people or that person at top of mind, when things 
go badly, you can use that to be that little extra bit of motivation to kind of keep pushing. And so I think that was really um, a really great thing that you did. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you have to base it's selflessness, right? And every goal that we set is usually, hey, I want to accomplish this. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want. You're supposed to have goals and dreams and all that. But you also have to have a certain silent partner to keep you accountable, mm -hmm. even if they're not around. And the, to get where you are today, uh, me to get where I am, you needed people helping you along the way. And let's just say, for whatever reason, the person that gave you the encouragement, the person that pulled you to the side and gave you some wisdom and some insight and a different perspective, maybe that you didn't consider before. Uh, think about the person that was taking you to practice or dropping you off at work or the per like all these different people that helped you along the way. If one of those people, if just one of those people had been too tired that day, didn't feel like going that day, felt terrible about their life that day. Like if any of those people had decided not to do uh, something to help you that day, your entire life would be different. I'd argue that your entire life would be different if that one person didn't stop and pull you to the side and say, hey, man, I know things aren't going well for you today. Hey, just have lunch with me so we can try to like maybe recalibrate things or, hey, man, I'm praying for you. Whatever it may be, if that one person didn't do that, your decision-making process changed. It's just the butterfly effect or the domino effect or whatever you want to call it. And so I just feel like in my life, it's my responsibility to when an opportunity shows up for me to, number one, show who I am to fight through adversity, but number two, an opportunity to raise someone else. Now, not only do I have uh, the momentum and the ability to do so from experience, but now I can see somebody in need and I can be the person that somebody was for me uh, moving forward. And that's the, pretty much the cycle of life and how you continue to not only lift yourself, but you also lift yourself by lifting others up as well. Yeah, no, I think that's so key. And I have a similar experience with somebody kind of encouraged me to to go down the path that I'm that I go down. And I use that person too. Like I'm so part of my motivation is the people I want to help, but also part of the motivation is like I owe it to this person who saw and encouraged me to be able to go and, and encourage and, and pay that forward as well. So that's that's freaking awesome. So one of the things that you said was that you don't know who you are until you face adversity. Was there anything that you feel like you learned about yourself that you didn't know when going through this? Or, there, or was it more just reinforcement of who you were? I think it's both. You reinforce who you, who you want it to be, who mm -hmm. you think you are. You reinforce that, like, because you don't really know until it happens to you. Like, I can't tell you what it feels like to be on the field with Peyton Manning, and then all of a sudden you can't be on the field with him because of your body. And three times in a row, um, I was, um, I was talking to Peyton Manning, going into my uh, second year, and I was coming off my shoulder injury, and I saw Peyton Manning in the locker room, and I, you know. We were passing by and it's the summertime. So it's not a lot of people around. And I'm like, yo, Peyton, man, like, you know, like, I'm just letting you know I'm healthy. I'm good. I'm solid. Hey, man, I, my health, my shoulder is fully, fully healed and recovered. I've been studying my plays. I'm ready to go. I can make some plays for us. I'm ready to go. I'm, you know, 6'3", 235-pound receiver. Like, I was an addition to that offense and looked different uh, and added some, some, something different to the offense. And he was like, man, I'm excited for you. That's awesome. We're going to work on some things. So I started to have that dialogue with him. Well, then you mentioned earlier that I ended up having a knee scope, having some complications, missed 12 games, came back for a playoff game, didn't really do anything. Came back the next year. Saw Peyton Manning in the locker room, same locker room, same corner, same passing just in the summer. 
And I'm like, yo, P, man, like, I'm good. I'm healthy. My knee is healthy. I'm ready to go. I got two years under my belt now in regards to understanding the offense. I got a nice routine. And I'm just talking to him, basically selling myself as being an asset for him or a weapon for him as wide receiver. And Nick, he turned to me and he said, Roy, that's good and everything. But you said the same thing to me last year. And he walked away. So in that moment, if I'm being honest, I wanted to fight him because I didn't like the disrespect, if I'm being serious. But um, I didn't understand that. But from a leadership standpoint, what he was communicating to me was I trusted your word last year. Mm-hmm. You told me this last year. You told me what you were going to do. You told me how you were going to do it. You told me that I could depend on you. And it wasn't necessarily your fault, but your body didn't hold up and you weren't there when we needed you the most. And then I learned this key. Words can be tricky, but actions attract trust, right? Actions attract trust. And then all of a sudden it's shifted in my mind. Like it's not so much about what I'm saying. It's about what I do. So when I face adversity, I can say a bunch of stuff on a podcast. I can say a bunch of stuff in my Twitter bio or my IG bio. I can put up a bunch of motivational videos. But when I'm going through hell and I'm going through something now, all of a sudden, all that stuff that I posted up, I have to be able to put into action. Right. Mm -hmm. Can I pick myself back up? Can I be resilient? Can I persevere? Can I fight through? Never give up all that stuff that you say when things are nice and comfortable when you're sitting in your living room. That's what I found out about myself. Like, I am what I say. I am what I do. Like, this Mm -hmm. is not just an entertainment piece. It's not just something that you do for the cameras. It's not just something that you do to rile other people up. It's like, I live this. I am this. And Mm -hmm. I have to be this to overcome the adversity that I'm in right now. And also highlighted the fact that me going through a knee surgery or two or tearing my hip or whatever that may be. Those are things that are physically happening to me, happening to me in my body. But if I tell you, Nick, I can remember vividly what it was like for my mother to get hit in the face and get her nose split in half and broken and broken nose and happen to ride in the ambulance to her and to watch her in that ambulance, hold my hand and say everything is going to be okay. That's real toughness. Right. So that's in my DNA. So me going through some injuries, yes, it hurt my ego, hurt my dream and slowed some things down. But understanding how to pick yourself back up after going through something physical or going through something tough, what my mom went through was tough. What I was going through was an ego hit. And it was also something that I had to go through to make sure that I was who I said I was claiming to be. Mm. That's so key. You know, one of the things that really is to me the biggest message of what you just talked about is how integrity is a huge confidence builder. When you can say something and then see that you actually do it and see that you actually live it out and you follow through with who you say you are, that's what builds your confidence that you can do it moving forward because you know you're going to be experiencing things like this moving forward in life. And when you've seen you've done it in the past and you know that you're not just all talk, but you actually act. And like I love what you said, words can be tricky, but actions attract trust. And that's both trust with other people and trust with yourself as well. And I think you having those challenges like allowed you to just build premier confidence even further in yourself. That's and then incredible. here's the thing that you, you go into it knowing, you know, from an NFL perspective, they say NFL stands for not for long. Right. And, you know, two to three years is kind of the career, uh, career life of an NFL football player, the average NFL football player. And, I, and to be honest, if Tom Brady wasn't playing for 20 years, that number probably would be a little bit lower. He's skewing the numbers a little bit, uh, putting in 20 years. Um, but it's it's a situation where you know it's going to come to an end. You just don't ever think it's going to come to an end the way that you kind of laid it out. 
right? All right, if I get eight years in, make a Pro Bowl, get all pro a couple of times, make 50 million, that'll be a great way to s- sell off into the sunset, you know? Um, but I don't have a boat and the sun was never setting when I walked out of, of the NFL. It didn't happen the way that I thought it was going to happen. Um, but you have to figure out a way to bounce back. And and those those moments are the moments, as I just to reiterate, just how you figure out who you really are. And if you, again, remember who you're doing it for, you start to remember those people that push you to that level and they help you get up uh, when you find yourself down. Mm. That's great. That's great. So I want to dive a little bit into your childhood. You know, you said you had a single mom and your dad had uh, substance abuse issues. What do you think is maybe one of the biggest lessons that you learned from your mom when you were growing up that you feel like really sticks with you today and kind of formed you into the person that you are? Sacrifice guarantees certainty. Um, sacrifice for others can guarantee where they go. And you have to figure out a way to make your life about other people. As cliche as that may sound, if you add value to other people, you will always be more valuable than even the people that you've added value to. You are a gift to the world. you got to understand who you are. And so if I frame my life around how can I help another person, I already want to be the best that I could possibly be because if I'm not my best, I can't help somebody become their best, right? It's the best position to be in in life is to figure out a way to add value to the world. If I go in and I speak to a Fortune 500 company and I'm speaking to 20 people in just a small sales group or I'm speaking to a small, like, you know, a, a 500 people in this particular marketing development, well, it doesn't matter who I'm talking to if if I figure out a way to increase the bottom line because sales sales went through the roof for six different people right so if I spoke and I got paid twenty five thousand to do it but then you it's a million plus dollars in sales because these two people were inspired by what I had to say I just added value to them and I added value to them because I was my best I prepared for the speech I prepared for the industry I knew what I was talking about I knew what I wanted to say to them I knew how I was going to say to them and then I allowed my spirit and my gift to take over. And all of a sudden, they're able to do what they're supposed to do. So like, that's what you want to do. So then you could be passionate in anything that you do because you know people can use you and you want to be used because you know mm-hmm. what you're offering. If you look like Nick, like you have a podcast, but it's not just a podcast. It's an opportunity and a platform for you to make a difference in somebody else's life. I'm a benefit from being on here as a guest. You'll benefit from listening to me, but your listeners are also benefit. And then you'll get back to the drawing board and say, how can I make this experience for them even better? You're adding value to it. And if you didn't have this podcast and all the the tens and hundreds of guests that have come before me didn't do what they were supposed to do. It's people that may not even be alive today, but you gave them a, a, an opportunity to like, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, here's something that you can listen to for 30 minutes that could change your life forever. Like, that's a massive responsibility. It's not just keying in. Let me see how many views, how many listening. Like, who cares if a million people listen or 52 people listen? Because when you first started, it was probably 12 people and 12 of the people that listened were all people that you knew, right? Now, all of a sudden, you got 12,000 people listening to you or however many it is. And you're like, man, I got to keep these numbers going. Like, no, nah, forget the numbers. I know what I put out is going to impact somebody's life, right? That's got to be your mindset. And I know whenever I open my mouth, whenever I do anything, it's going to be golden. Why? Because that's my gift. It's not ego. It's just that I know I'm on this earth to help other people go from gold to platinum, right? From platinum to diamond, right? To go from a million dollars to 10 million, to go from 10 views to 100 views. Like, I might be the 10 views to 100 views guy. But I'd rather be the 10 views to 100 views guy than the 100 views to a million guy. Like, But it's harder up front to get those 100 than it is to get a million. So 
I just like what I do, man, based on understanding that sacrifice literally solidifies certainty. My mom sacrificed everything she possibly could to keep a roof over our head, to make sure I had what I needed, to make sure I had the cleats to play football, to have the Jordans or whatever to play basketball in, to make sure I got a couple new pair of sneakers or some new clothes so I didn't get teased and be bullied for growing out of my stuff. She sacrificed, but the certainty was if I do this, then my son can have an opportunity mm -hmm. to become who he wants to. And if she hadn't sacrificed, the certainty would have been that I could have ended up a knucklehead. I could have ended up a statistic understanding that, well, nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. Nobody's going to do anything for me. But since she set the example, now I can be the example for the people that I impact. Mm. That's so great, man. I love how you just really preach the message of you can change somebody's life in such a big way that, and I think a lot of us underestimate our ability to change somebody else's life by a seemingly small thing in our head, but it's it's massive in their head. And that's exactly kind of the message that I like to preach with the best version of yourself is like, you have to get closer to the best version of yourself because your the world will be a lesser place if you don't. And it is your responsibility to to make that happen. But I that. I'm, I'm getting fired, fired up. The, the thing is. that it adds, though, it, uh, so um, I was just reading that uh, the the gentleman Twitch from Ellen Show, the DJ, oh he, he he passed away uh, uh, by suicide. Um, but it's value. It's value. Value is not based on a number. It's not based on a position. It's true. Value is based on what you offer to the world and if you're doing it to the best of your ability. You mm -hmm. only lessen your value when you make a decision not to put your best foot forward. So whether you're making $25,000 at a part-time job just trying to figure it out or you're making $2.5 every single month because you're awesome at what you do in the stock market, it doesn't really matter. That's not value. That's just I'm gifted or I have a job to do or whatever it may be. The value is how am I changing the world for the better? And if you know it, and here's the thing, it could just be the people in your household, right? Yeah, am I the best mom? Am I the best dad? Am I the best coach? Am I the best uncle or grandparent? Am I, am I the best at being the, the best version of myself to your point, Nick? Right. And so if I could get that part down, I can start to shape. Like you may have a dream of, of having a uh, um, hundred million views or a hundred million streams or a hundred million listens. But let's just say that you don't get that, but you bring a guest on your show or you have a nephew listening to you or a cousin listening to you. And they're like, I want to start my own podcast. But because you gave your best foot, maybe you only got the 10, 10, 10, 10 views, right? <laughs> 10,000 streams. But you influence somebody else to do exactly what you're doing and they figured out the formula a little bit better or they went viral, whatever the case may be, and they get a hundred million. You might as well take credit for it. You might as well take credit because you helped do that. You were a part of that, yeah. right? You were a part of that. Every time I came off the sideline, Nick, I was so tired and thirsty, man. Like coming off the field, running out on kickoff, man, you tired, man. You look to the, the shortest person, somebody that's insignificant until you get thirsty is that water person, that trainer. And you running over to him, like, give me some water. Like, you, you are the only person that can help me. You're the least paid of everybody on the field right now, but you got the only, you're the only person with what I need. Value, value. And so everybody listening, it's like, no matter what you do, no matter where you are, you still, you, you still are valuable very much so and you matter. Yeah. I mean, that provides so much meaning in our lives, the sense of 
feeling like you are valuable. You know, before we started recording, you talked about how you felt needed or felt valuable to your kids. And that is such a empowering feeling for yourself. It's such a meaningful feeling for yourself. Um, We could talk about this all day long. I do want to go a little bit into kind of back into your career. When you were obviously going through all these injuries, when was the point when you begun to realize that you wanted to go into speaking slash when was the decision that done with the NFL speaking is what I want to do? Hey, y'all, I just wanted to take a second to tell you about something I'm super excited about, and that is a healthy ice cream. You know, it's if you're anything like me, then you probably have a little bit of a sweet tooth. And if you're anything like me, after dinner, you just want a little bit of something before going to bed. And for me, I've always struggled with what that should look like, and I've gone in and out of having healthier options and unhealthy options, and sometimes apples and Lara bars. But one of the things that I just recently discovered that I'm super excited about is Guardian Angel desserts and their ice cream is off the charts, y'all. I'm so excited about this. I was pretty skeptical of it in the beginning, but I'm super excited. Let me tell you about it. The reason you need to know about this dessert isn't because it's only ridiculously delicious, but it's actually healthy for you, your immune system. Guardian Angel Dessert Company took inspiration from regular good old ice cream and made a masterpiece that is blowing people's minds really for two reasons. One, the taste and the health benefits. They've literally removed all the normal toxic ingredients in ice cream and replaced them with healthy superfoods. I know it almost doesn't sound real, but I promise you, their product is revolutionary for the dessert industry. It's keto, it's low-carb, gluten-free, grain-free, dairy-free, refined, sugar-free, which I had to I had to sign off on before doing this partnership. And it's loaded with powerhouse ingredients like bone broth protein, probiotics, multi-collagen, MCT oil, and even vitamin C. Get this, they literally even used the splendid superfood spirulina to get the green coloring. Diabetics have been able to eat an entire pint of this product without seeing an increase in their glycemic index. This product is so new and in such high demand that they just opened online sales for a limited time only. So while supplies last, you can buy as many pints as you want online and have them shipped to your home or go to www.gadesserts.com and find the closest location to you. They all have a specific number of pints that they're offering for online online sales, so I really suggest that you get your hands on as many as you can, especially for such a novel product that improves your health and wellness. And if you want to get 10% off, then Georgia Desserts, Guardian Angel Desserts, their ice cream, they're offering 10% off to all of you guys for being a part of the Best You community. So make sure you go to their website and type in Best You for the coupon code to get 10% off your order. Again, use the coupon code BESTYOU at www.gadesserts.com to get 10% off of your order today. I'm super excited personally to have discovered this and I'm super excited for you as well. For now, let's get back to the show. The the first time I actually spoke um, in a public setting, you know, where it was somewhat meaningful and or event space, it was like 12 or 13,000 people there. We had an event on campus at Ohio State my senior year called the main event. So I was 21 years old. And at that, it was a faith-driven event, and you had an opportunity with like five or six Buckeyes that shared, you know, maybe five, ten minutes on stage about their faith and, and their faith walk and, and all of that. And the first time lights are on me, 13,000 people there. So it's not like you go in and speak to some kids. And, like, the first time on stage sharing was then. And I felt comfortable as me talking to you right now. And that was the first time. But even then, it wasn't in my – I didn't feel it like, oh, I want to be a speaker. But I knew it was easy for me to go up there and do it. Probably mostly because that big light they shine on you blind, like it just makes everybody disappear. So you don't have to see anybody. It's like you're talking to yourself. 
Um, but over the course of from that moment until like even through my first couple years in the NFL, you have opportunities to speak at football camps. Uh, you have opportunities to go into schools and like speak to kids, um, read the kids. And so I started just speaking to kids. And if you're at a football camp and you're talking football, but then you start talking motivation and resilience and hard work and effort and respect and all those things that you drill into athletes, that's kind of where it started. And then, you know, it went from there to, hey, can you come speak to my church? We're having a, a Super Bowl Sunday situation at my church. We'd love to have a former Buckeye come in and speak. And, you know, having background, um, you know, and, and being a believer in Jesus Christ and having that background and biblically and all that, like, that's awesome. But understanding the word and how to say it and speak. And so I started studying and then I got ordained as the minister and so forth and so on. The next thing you know, like I'm just speaking at everything and doing a lot of different things. And so um, just that piece is kind of where the transition happened. I didn't want to be a speaker by no means. I didn't even now to this day, I don't consider myself a speaker. I literally I <laughs> I will tell people, hey, man, you're a speaker. I'm like, don't put me in the box. Right. When people label you, they yeah, limit yeah. you. Right. Oh, you're a football player. Yeah. Until I'm not. Oh, you you run a nonprofit organization. Yes. Until I don't. You're a speaker. Yes. Until I can't speak anymore. Right. And so. I just try and be a light, my brother. Like, mm -hmm. that's as best as I can say it. It's dark out here, man. Like, cross the board. Mental health challenges, uh, uh, poverty challenges in the world, um, just all types of issues, man. Um, everybody in the world has them, but somebody has to be a light. And there's a lot of us out here. A lot of your guests are lights. You're a light. Like, like you have to be a light. And when you, when you see yourself as that, you recognize that you go into some areas that's going to be uncomfortable, that you're going to talk about or speak to or try and put some action forward to change some very, very dark areas in people's lives and also in the world itself. Um, and it's a major responsibility. But once you know who you are and once you understand who your source is and once you understand the responsibility that you have to maximize your life to make a difference, it gives you that push and that motivation to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I, I love how you talked about I'm not a speaker. I'm not a football player. I'm a light because I think a lot of us take on the identity of the thing that we do. We take on the identity of the thing that we do. And it could be, I mean, we could take on the identity of our career, of the relationships that we're in, of anything. And then, as you said, when that thing's gone, if you held all of your identity in that thing, in that person, in that career, in that job, whatever it was, and now it's gone, you're going to be lost. So talk to me a little bit about why you feel like you had that. Like, do you think there was something that you learned early on or that was ingrained in you early on to not like adopt the identity of Roy Hall Jr., the football player, and you were just Roy Hall Jr., the light, if you will? You are. Well, that, that's a great question. Uh, it's not easy, specifically from an athletic standpoint. And, and even now, like you look at some of these CEOs and COOs and all these people that are, are big time, people known for their titles. Um, and so I always tell people don't pursue positions, pursue purpose and purpose is more related to your true identity, which is not related to your platform or your position. You know, your purpose is I'm here to make a difference. Like I'm here to help people. And, and how can I do that as best as possible? Um, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. I'll tell you that. I mean, when you're playing football for 15 years, from when you're a kid and the only dream is to make it to the NFL and you're being coddled and told you're the best and 
you know, you get 110,000 people rooting for you when you run into that stadium. You score a touchdown against your rivals and, you know, people are screaming your name, wearing your jerseys, asking for your autograph and all those things. It's difficult to then literally after the last game of the season, your senior year, you're just done. Right. It's one of the hardest things to transition out of. And a lot of people argue, well, hey, you got your degree. You can go and do whatever you want. You've got a degree from Ohio State. And that's cool. But my degree is in business and marketing. I've been groomed and trained as a as a football player for 15 years and everything is given to you. You don't have to worry about anything. It's not easy to just say, all right, I'm going to just be a regular person. And then if you fast forward to the NFL, when things are really you're a superstar. And so to just say, I'm just not going to do anything, I would say anybody that's doing anything, just stop what you're doing and just say you're going to do something else. Like take all your awards, all your medals, all your degrees, your PhDs, and just get rid of them and say you got to start over and do something different. All right, it's going to be very, very hard to leave who you, quote unquote, are behind. So that identity crisis is something that a lot of athletes go through, depression suicidal thoughts, anxiety, all those things are prevalent in these guys as they transition from being basically a superhero and Superman to Clark Kent overnight. And it's okay. Like in all the Superman movies where he was like, you know what? I'm okay with giving up my powers. Every superhero that was like, cool, I'll go ahead and give up my powers. As soon as they went without their powers and was regular, they were like, no, I got to get this back. Yeah. Not because, not because they wanted the platform because they couldn't help anybody anymore. Like Superman, like, man, I want to go. Oh, I can't fly no more. Like, so somebody else got to stop the crime. You see what I'm saying? So I think it's very, like, um, interesting. It's an interesting question. It didn't really, ha it just happened over time. And I just basically took all that energy and all that, um, I guess, momentum from being a ball player and all that training and just dumped it into whatever I was doing at the time. When you start a nonprofit organization, man, we've given away one and a half million pounds of free food to over 9,000 Central Ohio families in the last 14 years. Oh, by the way, I'm going to take that same momentum. I'm going to put it into speaking. I'm not trying to sound like anybody. I don't want to be like anybody else. I'll listen to the greats and then I'll take my personality, what I've learned, and then I'll just use it. You know what I mean? And so then you do that. You know, I also do graphic design and website design as a hobby because I love doing it and I love art. So I take the same thing and I want this person to have the best website ever. And so it's it's just trying to figure out, again, how to shine that light and how to be that light and add value to the world. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, I want to get down to the last couple of questions. Um, that make sure you get on, out of here on time. This The second to last one, you know, I think a lot of times when we're going – pursuing the best version of ourselves, if you will, like consciously or, or unconsciously, oftentimes we chase down goals that other people have because we think that, oh, that would be cool to do. That would be cool to do, but it might not be true to ourselves. And so my question to you is, what are some maybe habits that you have or things that you do to make sure that you don't pursue goals that other people are pursuing just for the sake of other people, but you, but that you pursue goals that are unique to Roy Hall Jr. and the person that Roy Hall Jr. you want to become. Yeah, I think I think it's good to to see. Sometimes you have to see it um, in real time. Uh, I like seeing things, and then it motivates me. Right, like I like seeing big time speakers on big time stages, and you know you got. 20, 30,000 people seeing a certain guy here speak about this or that. And I'm like, that's awesome. But not one time do I say, hey, man, I want to be on a stage in front of 30,000 people because that might not be for me. 
what may be for, because here's the thing, if I'm thinking about 30,000, I might hop over to 20 people in front of me that need me the most at that time. I think for me, my goal is just to be the best that I could be where I am. Mm. And I'll allow God to navigate where I end up or what stage I'm on or who I'm talking to or or what room I'm in or what cameras on me or whatever it may be. Those things I don't find to be motivating at all. Um, I think goals should be set and based around um, who you want to impact. And if, as long as you stay true to that, whether it's two people or 102 people or 102 million people, you know, it'll keep you grounded from that standpoint. Goals are good, but they're always changing. Yeah. And it's okay to have a goal and not reach it. And But here's the thing. What if you weren't supposed to reach the goal? What if the goal was this and you were going that and then you met somebody who helped you shift and get into a lane to mm. do something else, right? Like before you saw somebody doing a podcast, before you heard someone doing a podcast, like you didn't know what a podcast was until it, it happened, right? Yeah. So it's okay to watch the people that's quote unquote the best. But there are certain things that come with that level that maybe is not for you. Like, I want to be able to walk into a restaurant and not have to worry about 17 people running up to me. I don't want to have to walk in through the back door. I want to be able to go to the grocery store. I want I want to be able to do normal stuff. So being LeBron James isn't for me, right? I, I don't, that's not for me, okay? But my success and success to me is me being able to do the things I want to do, have the freedom that I want to have and spend the time with my family the way that I want to spend it. And I'm able to do all three of those things. So everything on top of that um, is just a cherry on top. Yeah. No, I think that is, um, that's so key. Be, you said be the best I can be wherever I am and, and make sure you're doing it for the people that you can impact. There's something else that I was going to say that I'm that's that's leaving me at the moment, but I'll probably remember here at the end. But uh, before I ask the last question here, Roy, I just want to acknowledge you for being such a person of service. Like I absolutely loved when you talked about how sacrifice for others guarantees certainty and just adding value to others because of the level of impact that you can have is so massive. And so many people don't view themselves as somebody who can make that massive of an impact. And that's such a you're you're selling yourself short if you have that that thought process and you do such a good job of living that out yourself and then encouraging other people to make sure they don't sell themselves short so that they can have maximum impact on everybody else as well so i appreciate that brother yeah man i'm super acknowledged uh super inspired and fired up by you and everybody else's as well but i want to make sure everybody goes and supports you and follows you i know people are going to want to after after listening so make sure you guys go to uh, instagram at roy hall jr underscore and then you can go check them out at his website roy hall jr.com and if you're somebody out there who needs a speaker obviously <laughs> look no further than this guy uh he'll will make sure to fire you up and uh and make sure to inc- uh, to improve y'all's bottom line but Last thing here, Roy, is in order to get closer to the best version of yourself, I think it's a constant journey. I don't think we ever actually get to that person. Uh, And it's also a unique journey. Like we've talked about how you get closer to the best version of yourself is going to be a little bit different than the way that I get closer to the best version of myself. So my question is for you personally, if there are three things that you can currently do or three things that you could currently work on to get closer to the best version of Roy Hall Jr. that you could possibly be, then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? So the first thing that's going to happen is if you're trying to become the best is there's going to be things in front of you, obstacles, difficulties, challenges, adversity, whatever synonym you want to use. Um, And so then what we tend to do is start to either procrastinate and prolong the, the journey and put things off, or we come up with 
reasons or excuses as to not do anything. So if I was talking to myself and now I'm talking to the people, people listening or watching or whatever it may be, um, ex- number one, excuses are the crutches of the uncommitted. Okay. Mm-hmm. Excuses are the crutches of the uncommitted. So how committed are you going to be to doing exactly what you said you were going to do when things were good and you were in the whiteboarding and brainstorming process, but now the real storm showed up and now you want to retreat. Right. So how committed are you to your who? How committed are you to your why? How committed are you to being who you've been called to be, which is a light? Okay. because if you're not a light, you're going to be a part of the darkness. Now you're a part of the problem. Okay. and so now you become adversity for somebody else. So if you're supposed to be a light, everybody gets a ticket when they forget to turn on their headlights or their headlight goes out and you get pulled over. Why? Because you're a danger to everyone around you. We can't see you. So we can't avoid you and you can't see us in front of you. And so you're bound to cause an accident. So if you're not going to be a light and keep your light on, all of a sudden you're part of the problem and you're part of the darkness. So excuses are the crutches of the uncommitted. Stay committed to it no matter what. Stay committed. Number two, um, I would stay always stay in perspective. Every day is a gift. Tomorrow is not promised. And every time that my heart beats is a reminder to myself and should be a reminder to you that you could beat the odds. Every time your heart beats is a reminder that you can beat the odds. I played in front of 106,000 people at Ohio State. Well, on average, each human being every single day gets 106,000 heartbeats. And we understand that if one or two of those beats are off, you could be out of here. All right. You could be gone for one small malfunction in a heartbeat. So as long as you got those things ticking and those things beating, you could beat the odds. Like it's no time to sit back, Nick, and say, oh, I can't. I can't believe this happened to me or my boss doesn't like me or I'll never get ahead or I can never compete with this particular or they went viral. I didn't or I didn't have the resources. I was raised differently. Like these are all excuses. And then they all basically just are throwing like crap on the fact that you got today. You've got 24 hours, a new 24, 157,000 people dying every day on earth, two people on average every second, but you got chosen to be here. And you want to complain about this small thing that's probably going to shift literally in a couple minutes, like traffic, like traffic, like people complaining every day about traffic, go a different route or just understand that it's going to be traffic or leave a little bit earlier. Right. But we complain. So that's number two. Make sure you keep your perspective. You have your life. And then last but not least, hey, you were put here and hand selected for a reason. Like literally the day that you were born is the day that God decided that the universe couldn't exist without you. Like how powerful is that? Like it's eight million, eight billion people here, eight billion. And I'm here. Right. You're here. Right. Anybody hearing this is like you're here. You ain't got to be here. Eight billion. Like one out of eight billion. I'm, I'm chosen to be here. So there's a reason why I'm here. And it could be just to have a conversation with somebody to say, hey, man, life will get better. Hey, man, I was in that same situation that you were in like two years ago. Like, I got you. Hey, I understand it's tough. Cousin going through cancer. Your grandmother just passed away or your dad fighting cancer. You might be fighting something. Right. And you shift. And you're like, hey, man, I went through that same thing. Like you literally may just be here to give a word of encouragement to that person so they don't take their own life. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you understand that, right? That you're here for a reason, right? It keeps you motivated, man. So no excuses, obviously keep your perspective and you're here for a reason. Like those are the three things that keep me pushing to go to the next level. Mm, That's awesome, man. Those are three things. They're amazing things. And I remember just really quickly what I was going to say earlier, you know, you talked about goals are super important, but even if you don't achieve a goal, it's not the end of the world because maybe you learn something along the way that gave you an intentional pivot. And I think that's, that's so key because 
not always is the purpose of the goal necessarily to achieve it, but you're going to end up somewhere 10 times better for having a goal in the first place because it got you to take action than if you had no goal at all. And, and I just, I wanted to acknowledge that comment that you made, but three awesome things. I know everybody absolutely love it. You guys make sure you share it with your friends and your family members as well. Make sure you go follow Roy at Roy Hall Jr. Underscore. And more importantly, go be a light in the world, go encourage others and go impact other people and add value to people at a high level. Appreciate you, Roy. That was awesome, man. Much love, brother. Appreciate you. Damn, are you ready to run through a brick wall right now or what? Like, that was absolute fire. If you're serious about wanting more motivation and self-confidence, and if you're serious about wanting to stay on track with your health and fitness amidst the chaos of your life, I know that's one of the most difficult parts about it, is all our lives have a level of chaos to them, whether it's with your jobs, your kids, your significant other. If you want to stay on track, then go to nickcarrier.com slash free call, and we can discuss how to make that happen. And remember, you really don't know who you are until you face adversity. So next time you face it, see it as an opportunity to discover what you're made of. Remember that words can be tricky, but actions attract trust. Ooh, man, that just gave me chills when he said that. So good. And remember to add value to others. If you can sacrifice for others and add value to others, that's what creates certainty. If you can add value to others and help other people get what they want in life, then you'll be able to get what you want in life. And lastly, remember, oh, this was so good. Remember that excuses are the crutches of the uncommitted. Excuses are the crutches of the uncommitted. If you can remember these things and you can add on these things and be bigger than your excuses and add value to other people, then you will undoubtedly continue to be on your trajectory closer and closer to your best you.